Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday. Hope you've had a great, great week. So we just had the weigh-in, huh, for Charlo and Castaño. What do you guys think? Uh, no phone lines today. Going to keep it nice and short and sweet. Probably going to do, do about 20, 30 minutes here. I actually got family in town visiting, so uh, not going to go on for too long here, guys. But just wanted to get in some last-minute thoughts, last-minute predictions. Uh, see if any of you guys changed your mind after seeing the weigh-in. Uh, a couple things I saw. Uh, well, a couple of you messaged me saying that you thought Charlo looked a little bit dry, right? But I was surprised it came in a full pound under the limit. So did he overtrain for this fight? I don't know, man. He's a big 54. So to come in a whole pound under, I don't know, man. I, you know, let me look him up. I want to see what he weighed in for most of his fights because maybe this is just what he normally does. Nah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. So for Montiel, oh, no. Wait a second. That's Jermall Charlo. Oops. We need Jermall Charlo. Hang on one second here. <clears throat> Yeah, there we go. Let's see, Jermel, 153 and three quarters for Rosario, 153 and a half for Harrison. He was over against Jorge Cota, 153 and a half for the other Harrison fight, 154 for Trout, 53 and a half for Lubin, 53 and a half for Hatley. So I'm trying to, the last time he was this light, guys, was 2014. And when he fought Gabe Rosado, holy shit. Now, we're only talking half a pound, three quarters of a pound, whatever. We're not talking that much. But, you know, the, the, you strength and conditioning people in the, in, in the corner and the, the team, uh, they pay attention to this stuff. So like a quarter pound, a half a pound, that, that's a big deal. But the last time Jamel Charlo weighed exactly 153, as he did today, was 2014, January 2014 against Gabe Rosado. So you're going back seven and a half years. Does this mean anything or am I being a weigh-in bro? You know, because there are people that pay way too much attention to weigh-ins. Um, and I'm definitely not one of those guys. And then the same thing with stare-downs. There's stare-down bros, you know, that get way too into the stare-down thing. So um, I'm curious what you guys think about that. Let's see. Let's go to the chat. Let's see what you guys got here. Um, Benjamin says, uh, how will Castaño close in toward Charlo considering the pace and footwork versus Lara? Lara has better defense, but is also defensive-minded. How will he fare versus the offensive and quick Charlo when he can't couldn't hurt Lara? Thing is, I get it. Oh, hey, you want to say hi? You guys want to meet my nephew, Luca? Come here, Luca. Come say hi, Luca. It's okay. Come say hi. Just get him back here, baby, just for one second. He's being shy right now. Luca. Hi. Luca, come up here and say hi. Wave. Can you wave to everybody? No? All right. He's going to be shy right now. Bye-bye, Luca. What's, baby, he's dragging something. I don't know. That's a cord or something. See you later. All right. Um, my nephew, Luca, everybody. He, he's normally... Very, very loud and active. Of course, he wants to get shy when he's on camera. Uh, Benjamin also says, correct me if I'm wrong, but Castaño is not used to fighting off the back foot. You are correct on that, Benjamin. So a defensive approach may prove fatal, allowing Charlo his preferred offensive style. Yes, agree with all that. Now, here's the thing. 
Uh, a bunch of people are bringing up the Irizlandi Lara fight, okay? Because Castaño fought well against Lara. Most people felt that he beat Lara. I'm trying to think, when was that Lara fight? Let me look that up. Um, that was 2019. So, okay, almost two and a half years ago, pre-COVID, all that. And I think that fight, uh, Castaño improved during that fight and after that fight because a lot of people felt that he won. Right. So his confidence grew, his skill set grew. He had footage to look back on and watch. He had tape to watch to, to improve upon. And he looked, he's looked better since. However, a lot of people bringing up that Lara fight and using it as a comparison for this fight with Charlo. Here's the thing first of all, Lara is a Southpaw, Charlo's not. Lara fights a much different style than Charlo. Similar body size. Well, actually, Lara is shorter than Charlo, but their arm length is probably the same. Uh, let me check here. Yeah, I'm looking at the reach. And I've talked about this before because this is something several fighters have told me that I've sparred and fought Lara. I remember Ishe Smith was telling me this. Um, Lara has super long arms, super, super long arms. So his, longs are pro his arms are probably longer than Charlo's. But... Height-wise, Charlo's taller. And again, you're talking Southpaw versus Orthodox. So style-wise, I don't like bringing up the Lara fight for Castaño going into this fight with Charlo. The way I see it, he's fighting a completely new style that he's never seen before. And I keep talking about this, the, the, the size matters thing. Guys, just I expect a competitive fight. I think Castaño is a legit dude. He's been in there with a couple of top guys. And I expect him to put forth a good challenge. But Charlo's taller. Charlo's longer. His feet are faster. His hands are faster. He's more explosive. And when you're talking about leverage, Charlo's punching down. Castaño's punching up. So what I'd like to see from Castaño is him getting under Charlo's punches, make Charlo loop, make Charlo reach, and try to get underneath, work the body, get into the second half of the fight where you take out some of the steam off of Charlo's punches, some of that explosiveness, you slow it down and you grind. If Castaño can do that, then championship rounds come around. Oh, we got an interesting fight here. Suddenly this is very, very compelling. But before that, he's got he's to walk through that fire and get underneath that fire for at least six, seven rounds before Charlo starts to maybe slow down just a bit, just a bit. Maybe I'll do it. I'll do it in a minute. Sorry, guys. I got family. Everyone's. Yeah, yeah. I, anyway, um, Luke on the chat says uh, Charlo too precise for Castaño, I think. Yeah, that's the way I see it, too, man. That's the way I see it, too. Kostra says, Mike, you're the man. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you very, very much. He says, I just want to see a good fight. Same here, man. And, you know, props to, to PBC for putting this on. Um, regular showtime. That's a big deal. However, I just got some inside information from a ticket broker friend. This thing did not sell well at the venue. They are papering this arena. It's a shame. I don't know why they put it in San Antonio versus Houston. That doesn't quite make sense, but it's still Texas. And I like that they put this on in Texas. I do like that, but it's not selling well. And Market that they're in, and um, because of that, they're papering this venue. 
and I'm being told this by ticket brokers, people who actually work in the business and work these shows, and they're not lying to me. This isn't propaganda. This isn't me hating. I love this fight. I love that they put it on at least close to Houston. Okay, I love that it's not on pay-per-view. I'm not talking shit here, but they're papering the arena. All right, so, so thousands of these tickets are being given away for free. And it just, it, it sucks that you have a unification fight. All four belts at junior middleweight and they're having to give away tickets through different uh, vendors. So, yeah, that's kind of a shame. That's really kind of a shame. All right, a bunch of you guys in the chat. Marion says, here we go. Jay Perez says, salute. Luke says, maybe the new diet. Mendeley Cali says, so you're saying bet against Charlo? No way. I'm not saying bet against Charlo. No no, no, no. Future Hall of Famer there. Yeah. Oh, Coaster says, I see the baby fever in Tiff's eyes. Please don't say that. Please don't say that. My mom is here and she's been wanting grandkids for a long time. And I've been telling her, you know what? Talk to your daughter. She's got one and she's got another on the way. So talk to her. With me, I got some things I need to do first. Luca the Beast says, says Luke. Hey, Luke, Luca. <clears throat> Let's see here. I'll get the Charlie Burry in the chat. What's up, man? He says, uh, think Castano's lack of a decent jab will cost him in this one, brother. Yes, I agree. Look, man, I, I, again, I'm not saying this to shit on the fight because I like the fight, but I think this is going to turn into a fairly dominant win by Charlo. I really, really do. Styles, size, all of it. Ch Charlo, when you, when you look at every single category, okay, Charlo pretty much has the advantage. And then when it comes to the promotional political thing, Charlo absolutely has the advantage. So all things considered, this is, it, 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 as far as I see it, it is Charlo's fight to lose. It's probably going to the cards. I would definitely bet the over. I don't know what the over-under is. Maybe one of you guys can tell me. But at the same time, if Charlo scored a late stoppage, it would not surprise me. Would not surprise me. Now, what happens if Charlo wins? Let's, just, let's talk about that. What happens if either guy wins? So let's start with Charlo. And then, guys, I, I will, I'll share my screen and show you some weigh-in video and stuff. And I want to get your thoughts on that. I just want to make sure everybody gets in on the chat first. If Charlo wins, okay, where does he go from here? I think it was Hannibal called into my podcast Monday and, was, and, and brought up that question. It's a great question because Jermel is at 54, right? He's about, in my opinion, I believe he's about to be undisputed. He's fought several of the guys at 54. But at 60, if he wants to move up, his brother's there. And the two, no one can expect the two brothers to fight each other. That That's... That's crazy, right? We, we don't expect the Klitschko brothers or the Marquez brothers to fight each other. So anybody who would ask the Charlo brothers to fight each other, that's ridiculous. So that's not happening. But even if, even if Jamel wanted to move to 160, Jamal is already boxed out at 160 because he's the, he's the odd man looking out. Basically what Terrence Crawford's going through at 147, that's what Jamal Charlo's going through at 160. 
there are some options. I mean, Canelo has offered him a fight. Eddie Hearn made him a, a record offer, a career-high payday offer to fight Andre. He has turned down several fights. That is a huge difference between Charlo and Crawford. But he is the, the odd man looking out. So I don't think you're going to see Jermel go to 160 if he wins. He's probably going to stay at 154 and want to defend that undisputed championship. Who the fuck does he fight? Who is there? Jarrett Hurd just lost. So until he gets back in the win column, he ain't fighting Jared Hurd. There's going to be mandatories, and maybe that's how we can get a couple of decent fights. Maybe some of these younger guys moving up and, and uh, moving their way up the ranks can work into a mandatory position. That might lead to an interesting fight. But who the hell is going to fight? You know, PBC likes to keep everything in-house. Danny Garcia has hinted about moving up to 154. Don't shoot the messenger. All right, don't 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 blame me, but do not be surprised if in 2022 you see a fight between Jermel Charlo and Danny Garcia. It could happen. And you know, Errol Spence, I don't think he's moving up from 147 anytime soon. And I don't see a fight between Errol Spence and Jermel Charlo that's possible because they train at the same gym with the same trainer. So it wouldn't make no damn sense. So that's what's going to be interesting is to see who the hell he fights. Feeling Dangerous 113 with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Feeling Dangerous. He asks, where would you rank Charlo if he wins pound for pound? I know where I'm going to put him. Great question, because to me, that's the question of this whole weekend. And um, I don't know. I guess it depends on how he wins, dude. If he absolutely dominates this fight, that matters. If he just squeaks by, or if there's a controversial decision, if people feel Castaño should have won, but Charlo wins on the cards, it's a split decision or something, there's controversy, that affects it too. But if he wins and wins clearly, he's in the top 10 pound for pound. Now, is he top five, anywhere near top five? No, he's not. Because you look at the division that Charlo's cleaning out, I don't rate it that highly. I pretty much see it at the same as the 168-pound division Canelo's cleaning out right now. The only reason Canelo's number one is because he's cleaning out a division that's two divisions above where he started. Charlo's doing it in the division he's always fought in. So Canelo does get extra points, even though he's unifying a very weak division, in my opinion. Just like the 140 division that Terrence Crawford unified. Pretty weak division. But Crawford also won a title at 35, right? And then he moved up and won a title at 47. So in a pound-for-pound pound sense, you give him some extra credit, just like we give Canelo extra credit. And he does hold wins, controversial or not, over Golovkin. I don't agree with that, but it's the official decision. Irislandi Lara, I do agree with that one. A lot of people don't, though. Uh, Trout, undefeated Trout. And a, and a few others. So so Canelo's overall resume, he deserves number one, I think, right now. I don't think he's going to be there long, though. And then uh, it really depends on what Inouye and guys like that do because Inouye, Taylor, Tiafima Lopez, somebody like that, I think, can, can usurp Canelo within the next year. But with uh, Charlo, I don't know, man, toward the bottom of the top 10. And the question, and I asked this Monday on my show, on my podcast, who do you bump off the top 10 pound for pound right now? Who do you take off? Because that's the million-dollar question, in my opinion. That's going to be the great debate. And for Ring, people love this shit all over us. 
Doug Fisher brought up a great point. I mentioned this in my show too, but for those of you who didn't see it, I just want to bring up this point. You know, Doug mentioned there are a lot of people upset at Ring Magazine because we don't rate Jermel Charlo right now in our top 10 pound for pound. We will after this weekend, trust me. But neither does ESPN. Neither does the transitional ratings board or whatever the hell that thing's called. Um, they don't either. No one's mad at them. They only want to get mad at Ring Magazine, right? And call us biased and, and beat us up. But those other platforms don't either. And, and other platforms out there don't as well. But they just love to beat up on Ring. That's just the way it goes. But after this weekend, if Charlo wins, he's in the top 10. Now, getting back to what I was talking about before, oh, Virtuoso says Tim Zhu. Yeah, Tim Zhu at some point is going to have a mandatory status. Uh, he might already with one of the, the titles. The thing is, man, he has fought nobody that's going to have him prepared for Charlo or Castaño. So he needs to kind of have that middle ground fight, you know, because he's fighting guys that are at this level. Castaño and Charlo at this level, he needs that middle ground kind of fight that to bridge that gap before he takes that fight. We'll see what he does. But if Castaño wins, if he wins, it's huge. It's a, it, I believe it's, it's the upset of the year. And we've had some big upsets, but I, I just, all things considered, when you're talking about undisputed guys, that's a big deal. You know, it's certainly in the discussion, let's say for upset of the year, but it opens up so many possibilities because first of all, you have a possibility of a highly lucrative rematch between Charlo and Castaño. People would want to see that if this fight's entertaining and Castaño ekes it out, somehow wins a decision or whatever. It sets up a big rematch possibility uh, by the end of this year. They could squeeze that in at the end of this year, right? Or maybe early next year. But if he wins, even if they don't want to go to an immediate rematch, there's a bunch of guys in the PBC stable that he can still fight. So Castaño will have so many options. And then promotionally, um, I don't know if he's a free agent, but I think he has more options than Charlo does. He's a little more freer than Charlo. So there's a lot of options for him and I, I'd love to see it. Um, upsets are great for boxing, you know, uh, but for star building, you know, the promotion wants Charlo to win. Although I have to bring it up for those of you who are just getting on the chat. I have it from good authority that they're papering several thousand tickets to this event. It's crazy that in San Antonio, Texas, which is what a few hours drive from Houston, while there's not a whole lot going on right now in Texas sports-wise. I know baseball's in, but it's not like football's in. That's football country, right? It's not football season. There are basketball teams out of the playoffs and all that. So you would think that on a weekend like this, that's a sellout for undisputed championship for Charlo, and it's not, man. They're papering the venue, several thousand tickets given away. So that's, you know, I don't know what's up with the Charlos and why they don't sell. But some of it goes down to promotion, some of its personality, and honestly, some of it's the fact that they just haven't fought top guys coming up the ranks. So uh, Rich Lopez, what's up, man? He says, Tim Zoo looks good, and he should fight Liam Smith. That's a great, that's a great matchup. Yeah, see, see, that would be the perfect middle ground fight, you know, between him and like a Charlo. Get a guy like Liam Smith, because Liam's going to give him rounds, might even hurt him might uh, push him a little bit, force him to learn on the job. But if he wins that fight, 
you know, and maybe that's his first fight in, in maybe he does in the UK, maybe he does in USA, some, some neutral setting off of uh, Australia and gets an experience before fighting Charlo. That's what I'd like to see. Cody on the chat, he says, uh, only reason people don't have Jermail pound for pound already is because he has a PBC stable being a four belt champ uh, makes it where he can't be denied. I disagree with that, Cody. I don't think it has anything to do with him being in a PBC stable. We have Jamel, uh, we have er- Errol Spence on our pound for pound list. And we, he's been on our pound for pound list at ring for ages. And there's a lot of people out there who disagree with that. They don't think Errol's resume is that good, but um, he's been on our pound for pound list for a, a long time. So it has zero to do with that, bro. That, that kind of attitude that us versus them kind of thing that, that gets thrown out by certain promotions, that, that's got to stop, bro. That's not what's going on here. Deluded Dwyer says, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what about the ladies? There might be a few ladies here. Ladies and gentlemen, how about that? All right, you know what? I'm going to share uh, my screen. Let's, let's watch some video together, guys. Uh, let's go to... All right, see if you guys can see this. Yeah, stare down time. So for the staring, stare down heads, it was Castaño who broke first. Let me back this up. Some of you guys take this real serious. All right, good stare down. Charlo's getting his grill, moving around. Castaño's kind of being stoic and just standing there, all business. Charlo's got that mean, angry face going. And boom, the first one to break, Castaño. So for those of you who are into this sort of thing, Charlo won the stare down. You know, the height difference doesn't look that apparent right there, but it it is. Charlo is the longer, taller guy. Charlo looks dialed in as far as the eyes and all that, but is that just him hyping himself up or is that legit? For what it's worth, um, I've bumped into the Charlos a few times, both before and after fights, and that's just always kind of the way they look. That's just always the way they look, even after a fight. Like later on in the night when they're going to an after party or something, that's just how they look. They kind of always got that mean mugging look in their eye. Uh, Let me get to this other one. It's from Mayweather Promotions. Ah, more stare down. This is after the stare down, a little bit of heated back and forth. All right, so everyone's charged up and ready. I expect this to be a heated fight, man. I I do think it's going to be fun. Oh, let's see. How does does Charlo look on that scale to you guys? To me, he kind of looks like he always does. He does look a little bit drained, maybe, but... To me, he kind of looks the way he always does. He's a big 54, like I said. He's going to swell up tonight. He's going to be good for tomorrow. Jay Perez on the chat says, uh, Charlo's run is not that impressive, to be honest. But yes, he makes top 10 pound for pound if he wins. Yep. Great comment. So I, I completely agree with that. Combat Sports Media says it's because they look at Ring Magazine as the most credible, so it gets higher standards from boxing nerds. All right. You get the applause as well. Love it. 
Deluded Dwyer says, I'm a big fan of your videos, Mike. It would be great to collab. Dude, I would love to do a real uh, video with the real Dwyer. Dwyer is awesome, man. All right. Uh, let's see. Who else is in the chat? Constantino Chat says, uh, Estrada, Inouye, Chocolatito, and Quadros have the best resumes. Pretty damn good resumes. It's a pretty damn good division. Ace. Is that Ace from Ventura? He says, you don't think 154 pounds Charlo fought some good competition. Liam Smith is just as good as three fighters he faced. I think he's fought a couple of good guys, but I, I I don't think it's anywhere near the level of competition that like Juan Francisco Estrada's fought or Kazuto uh, uh, Yoka. I, I don't. I just don't think it's on that level. If the rumor is true that Crawford is fighting Zapata, that does nothing for Crawford. That's Alexander in the chat. They they have talked about that fight that he might fight Zapata. Um, it doesn't do anything for him in a pound for pound sense. Hell no. Jay Perez say, uh, Jermel was about to cry. Luke says, Charles looks like he would like to fight now. Yeah. I just see a dude who's amped up. And says, what's with the scuffle after? I, I just think it's the typical pre-fight bullshit, you know, just hyping things up. Cody says, I thought there was going to be a brawl between the two camps at, at the weigh-in. Like, it got heated. I think that's just dudes psyching themselves up. I think it's going to be all business tomorrow. I don't expect anything out of the ordinary. I really don't. Captain Hook Chronicles on the chat. What's up, man? He says, uh, can you believe he fought Rosado more than seven years ago? Yeah, man. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but holy hell. And, you know, at that time... You go back to 2014, Rosado was a pretty good opponent for him. And in 2015, it was Martirosian. But this is something Doug Fisher brought up in his mailbag this week. 2013, 2014, Charlo was ready to fight for a title by then. He really, really was. And he didn't fight for a title until I think he fought for, was it what? World Boxing Council. Yeah, I think he fought for the vacant title in 2016 against John Jackson. That wasn't really a title fight. And then Charles Hatley, then Eric, Erickson Lubin was a good fight at the time because Lubin was this undefeated prospect. Then he fought Trout. I'm just looking at the names, guys, and the Charlos have been brought up very, very carefully. And I do think the 154-pound division does tend to get overrated to a certain extent. Uh, and that's why you see so much turnover in it. Like, like you know, J-Rock had his little moment. Jared Hurd had his little moment. Jason Rosario had his little moment. But they're just trading the title back and forth and back and forth. There's no clearly dominant, superior fighter in that division right now. It's kind of up in the air. And they've tried to build it to where Jermel Charlo would be that guy. And, he, you know, he's going to have all the titles after this weekend, I believe. But... I don't see it as being this really strong division. I mean, if somebody cleaned out 118 or 115 or 122 right now, that fighter's top five pound for pound. They might be the best fighter in the planet pound for pound. It's not the same thing as cleaning out 68 or uh, 54 right now, in my opinion. But, you know, that's just one guy's opinion. Benjamin says, uh, I think the stare down is very important. I don't think of it. 
it as a competition. I think the stare down is very important. I don't think of it as a competition. So you do think it's important. Okay. Daniel Barbo says Crawford versus Mikey Garcia would be a good fight. Yeah, I agree. Mikey Garcia is a businessman more so than a fighter, but that's a good fight. I'd much rather see Mikey Garcia versus Regis Progre though. I think, I think Crawford would beat the brakes off of Mikey Garcia, but Regis Progre doesn't yet have that experience. So that would be a good fight for him. Luca, what you doing, big guy? What you doing? You want to say hi? All right. Oh, come say hi to everybody. No. no. Come say hi. No. Oh, you're no. stepping on my wire. There you go. No. No, you don't want to say <laughs> Okay. No, you can't press these buttons right now because uncle's talking, okay? You want to talk? You want to talk in the mic? All right, can you say hi? Say hi. Say hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> say hello, everybody. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, big guy. All right. Uh, so another super chat. Super chat from Carlos Cabrera. He says, coming off a loss, controversial. I feel Chocolatito has more of an argument to be included in a pound-for-pound pound list than Charlo, even if he were to win. Dude, you get the applause, too. First of all, thanks for the super chat, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Lucas turning off lights over there. Um, I completely agree with you. You're not alone. I think Chocolatito could be on the pound for pound list right now. He really, really could, even coming off a loss. And many people, maybe even most people, felt that he won that fight. They're going to do a third fight, should happen later this year, to settle the score, if you will, and put an end to all that controversy. But, um, yeah. Let's see. When's your boy? Ace says, when's your boy getting in the ring? What, little, little Luca? He's got a while. I don't think his auntie is going to let me do that. I want to teach him boxing, but I don't think so. Um, Marion says he's taking your job, Mike. He probably could. He's so damn cute, that little dude. He's starting to talk now a lot, a lot. Haja says, Charlo used Rosado as a measuring stick to see if he stays at 154, hiding from Golovkin or not. Ooh, very interesting take. All right, guys, I think that's about it. Sean says, hi, young Luca. Guys, um, enjoy chopping it up with you a little bit and um, enjoy the fight tomorrow. All right. TNC 274 Monday. We're going to have a, a lot to talk about. So make sure you get on the phones and uh, bring it. We got to make the phone calls a little shorter because we're having so many now. But uh, bring the heat Monday. All right. We'll chop it up, guys. Have a great weekend. Real quick before I go, Kouster's asking, Mike, where can I buy a T-shirt? We're about to print some new ones. I'm working on it right now, I promise. But we're completely sold out. So we're going to print some new ones over the next month or two. All right? And I'm going to release a whole newly vamped website with all that stuff. So it's coming, guys. All right. Have a good weekend. I'll see you at the fights. Peace.